Hello everyone, welcome back to the A&J Tunes podcast, I know it's been a while. I am your host, Anthony, and for those of you that usually listen to this podcast, you may be wondering where my co-host James is. For those of you that don't know, James recently graduated, so congratulations to him, and he is now pursuing his broadcasting career in Texas. So James, if you are listening to this, thank you man for all of your help with this podcast, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future. With that being said, this is kind of going to be an experimental episode, so it's just going to be me talking, and... Also, the style is going to be very different. So for this podcast, I'm going to be going to a bunch of different songs. And the typical album review that I usually do is in the next episode. Now, for those of you that don't know what my last episode is, go check it out. It's about Demi Lovato's new album. And I have to apologize for something As this is Pride Month after all, I realized after going back to the podcast that I used the wrong pronouns in that particular episode. Now, for those of you that don't know, Demi Lovato, I mentioned this in the episode, Demi is now non-binary, meaning that Demi is not a male or a female. Demi doesn't identify with either one of those genders. And as a result, I apologize to Demi Lovato and Sam Smith, who is also non-binary. I apologize to them both. And with that being said, let's get into the music that has been out for the past two months. Now, there are timestamps in the description of this episode where you can skip around and listen about your favorite artist. Starting off, the first project that we're going to get into is Planet Her from Doja Cat, specifically Kiss Me More featuring SZA and Need to Know. Planet Her is scheduled to come out on June 25th. It is going to be her third studio album. And the features on this particular project intrigue me very much because there is going to be Young Thug, J.I.D., Ariana Grande, and The Weeknd. So when that album comes out, I will probably do a podcast on it, so stay tuned until then. The next song I'm going to go into is Save Your Tears, but this is the remix that The Weeknd did with Ariana Grande. For those of you that don't know, they have collaborated now for a third time. They did Love Me Harder back in 2014 for Ariana's My Everything, and they also did Off the Table more recently for Ariana's most recent album, Positions. If there's one thing I really like about this track, especially with Ariana's edition, it's definitely the vocal firepower, but I like how Ariana kind of added a different dimension to the track, mainly because she combined low notes and the whistle notes towards the end, so I think they really had a great dynamic duo going on especially with their vocals and speaking of the weekend he's been announcing for now for quite some time that the after hours era whatever you want to call it is done and that the dawn is coming so he may be releasing new music relatively soon maybe within the next year we'll wait and see but i'm excited to see how that differs from after hours Next, we're going to go into J. Cole's The Off Season. I don't usually do hip-hop 
on this podcast, but I figured it's worth a shout out. Now, this album has three singles, The Climb Back, Interlude, and My Life, which has 21 Savage and Moray on it as well. And it's actually very interesting because J. Cole usually doesn't have any features on his album. And this is the first album to have features since his second studio album back in 2013 called Born Center. So it's been quite a while and he actually broke some records, at least when it comes to the Billboard charts. With My Life peaking at number two, Amari debuting at number five. Pride is the Devil with Lil Baby debuting at number 7, and 95 South debuting at number 8. He joined Drake, Juice World, and Lil Wayne as the only artists to have four songs debut in the top 10. So that's crazy, and every song from this album charted in the top 40, including the track Interlude, which peaked at number 8 the previous week. This shows how popular J. Cole is in both the hip-hop community and the general mainstream. Now, this is also very interesting, because after listening to this album, I definitely think it's a solid project for sure. For those of you that like J. Cole, or even just hip-hop in general, you should definitely check this out. And some people have called this to be the best album of his career. I don't really know. Obviously, 2014 Forest Hills Drive was also a great album by J. Cole. So I think those two are definitely his top two albums for sure. My top three songs from the offseason are My Life, Pride is the Devil, and Amari. But as I said before, it's a solid project, and anyone who is interested in hip-hop should definitely check this album out. Moving on to probably the biggest song in the world right now, Butter by BTS. Obviously, BTS had a lot of success with Dynamite. Butter is now their second English-language single. And just some quick fun facts, it's a summer song like Dynamite, but... The main difference between Butter and Dynamite is that Butter focuses more on displaying each of the members' charms compared to Dynamite. So there's a lot more charisma, kind of love involved. And I know BTS is very popular, but they just continue to break records that I think are crazy, right? The music video for Butter got over 108 million views within 24 hours, which broke the record that Dynamite set last year. Also, it broke the record for most Spotify streams within 24 hours, which had 11 million streams. So that beat out I Don't Care with Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. Now, the song was really popular. No one can deny that. It's number one on the Billboard Hot 100 right now for a reason. But is it a good track? Is it something that I would want to go back to time and time again? Honestly... I might get some slack for this, but I don't think so. Butter, it tries to have the success that Dynamite had, and obviously it surpassed that. But I think Dynamite was a better song, at least in my personal preference. It also was more groundbreaking for them just because it was their first English language single. But when it comes to BTS, they're not really known for writing deep lyrics or, you know, having the most substance they're mainly known for their beats their dance skills their music videos and their overall appeal and i think this track definitely delivers on that do i prefer butter over dynamite not really but it is what it is going on to little nas x 
Now, he released Sun Goes Down more recently, but I also haven't talked about Montero, Call Me By Your Name. For those of you that don't know, Montero is actually Lil Nas X's real first name. His name is Montero Lamar Hill. And both singles are scheduled to be a part of his debut studio album, Montero. So I'm curious to see how that differs from the success that he had with Old Town Road and the 7EP that he did. Sun Goes Down, I'm going to focus on first. It's a pop song that addresses his younger self while reflecting on his struggles with bullying and coming to terms with his sexuality. And it's interesting because he found comfort actually in probably the most unlikely place, which is social media. And he was a huge fan of Nicki Minaj back in his younger days, so he felt comfortable in the kind of barbs community and it's funny because they personally didn't love the lyric but i appreciate Lil nas x for coming out with that kind of vulnerability the song is hopeful in nature and that's something that i appreciate a lot because i know artists get ridiculed a lot all the time and they don't always want to be the most open when it comes to their public life but also social media so i do appreciate the fact that he did take the time to kind of go back and let his feelings kind of come out his previous single was montero call me by your name it's a hip-hop song that has homosexual lyrics but the interesting thing about it is that it received a lot of controversy for its satanic nature specifically how it quote-unquote praises the devil honestly for me I don't really care as much. A lot of people ha- don't like it. Obviously, a lot of people are very religious, and religion still plays a huge factor in society. So it makes a lot of sense as to why people didn't like this song. And both songs are very homosexual. But for me, if you ask me to pick which song I'd rather listen to, it'd probably be Montero. It is the more popular out of the two. It peaked at number one. And... Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think, specifically for Montero, Call Me By Your Name, it's fine for what it's trying to do, which is kind of like making his love public and promoting positivity around the LGBTQ community. But I think the way that he did it was very radical, and it was something that I don't think a lot of people expected, especially with the old town road song that he had just because it didn't really go into any of that stuff old town road was kind of just this tiktok bop that kind of dominated the charts back in 2019 so to kind of see that drastic shift thematically i definitely appreciate little nas x but as i said before i think it'll be interesting to see how both sun goes down and montero will kind of shape his debut studio album also called montero Lana Del Rey, I talked about her recently. If you didn't check out that episode, you really should. Chemtrails Over the Country Club, it was a great album. I also announced in the last episode that Blue Bannisters is scheduled to come out on July 4th. So Lana Del Rey decided to release three Buzz singles. If you don't know what a Buzz single is, it's essentially just to create anticipation around the album. So it's... The tracks are Blue Bannister's Textbook and Wildfire Wildflower. That's definitely a tongue twister. Blue Bannister's, it's a ballad that deals with toxic love. Textbook has more of a country sound, 
that existed in her previous two albums, Chemtrails Over the Country Club and Norman Effing Rockwell. And the song kind of deals with self-discovery, again, which is something that I appreciate if you didn't catch my drift. I appreciate it when artists are vulnerable on their tracks because a lot of the times their public perception, I think, dominates who they really are. And that can kind of misconstrue how people see them. So I definitely appreciate it when they set the record straight in their music and come out to be who they truly want to be or who they want to portray themselves to be. And I think it'll be interesting how Blue Bannisters differs with Chemtrails Over the Country Club in terms of its style. Just because Blue Bannisters is getting released shortly after Chemtrails, as I mentioned in the Lana Del Rey episode, that might not allow Chemtrails to be as successful as it could have been, or that it will be. So, I think that it'll be interesting. If I had to choose one of those three singles, probably Textbook is the one I'd have to go with. Just because of its lyrical themes, it is very personal, as are all the singles. But also, I like the stylistic choices more with Textbook, as it does have kind of that country sound. The next artist, who basically took a four-year break after releasing Melodrama. For those of you that don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Lord. She released her comeback single called Solar Power. That is going to be the title of her upcoming third studio album. That project is scheduled to come out on August 20th. Going back to Solar Power, the song, I found it to be very interesting because it has backing vocals from Phoebe Bridgers and Claro. Phoebe Bridgers obviously had a great album with Punisher. I think she's one of the more underrated artists, at least when it comes to mainstream. So I think that was a nice touch. This particular track was written and produced with Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff, he has worked with a lot of artists in the past Lana Del Rey, Taylor Swift, and so on. And the song is about kind of summer energy, kind of that love that kind of comes in the summer, and how she uses nature to escape everyday life. I believe in one of the interviews she did for Apple Music, she's been talking about how she's been detaching from social media and technology, which I think is something that a lot of artists don't do because obviously technology is very prevalent in today's society. But also because of the fact that you kind of need to use social media to promote your work. So I think that was kind of cool for her to do. Now, the interesting thing about this song, actually, before I even go into my overall thoughts on the song, it was actually leaked prior to its release. And it's interesting because Lord released the song, obviously, after it got leaked. It was kind of already out there. There's nothing she could really do. But she wrote this message, Patience is a Virtue on her website and obviously her fans have been waiting for four years to hear some new music from her so i think it'll be interesting to see how solar power both how the song kind of plays into the album and how the album actually comes out it's very acoustic driven there's a lot of guitars kind of has that summer atmosphere and it's very interesting because it's very different from Melodrama and Pure Heroin, which was her debut. This is very more upbeat, and Melodrama and Pure Heroin are more like moody, kind of dark in nature. So 
I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how she tops her previous two albums. Because obviously Pure Heroine and Melodrama were great albums in their own respective right. So I think it'll be interesting to see how those two compare to Solar Power. Royals and Greenlight, the previous lead single she's came out with. I don't think Solar Power is as good as those two. But I still think it's good in its own right. Moving on to Billie Eilish. I mentioned Your Power came out a few months ago. And she also released another single called Lost Cause. It's a trip-hop song that kind of deals with her moving on from an ex. For those of you who don't know what trip-hop is, it's basically just the hip-hop electronic fusion genre. And as I mentioned with Planet Her, I will do a podcast on Happier Than Ever when it comes out. Now on to some disappointment. Jordy, the new album by Maroon 5. For those of you who are wondering why the title is significant, it's dedicated to their late manager Jordan Feldstein, who died in 2017. And also this is their first album without bassist Mickey Madden, who left due to domestic violence charges. And... Honestly, I didn't even have to listen to this album to know it was bad. It's very rare when you see critics and fans agree on how bad something is. Like, this album is not good. Memories, it was very popular last year. It's the lead single. It's based on Canon and D by Johan Pachelbel. And honestly, when it came out, I wasn't a huge fan. It's okay for what it tries to do, which is obviously pay tribute to their late general manager, but it honestly just wasn't that good. And then when your second single is Nobody's Love, which I honestly think was probably one of the worst songs of 2020, it's just, where can you go from there, right? Nobody's Love is inspired by the George Floyd protests and the COVID pandemic, but even like the COVID singles, like Stuck With You with Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber, it just hasn't been that good. And in Beautiful Mistakes with Megan The Stallion is the best song out of those three. It's not really saying much. For those of you that want to know what Beautiful Mistakes is about, it's mainly just a pop rock song about a strained relationship where neither Adam Levine or Megan The Stallion can forget their former lovers. And it's very guitar driven. So I do appreciate that. But again, it's not saying much. And although there are other features on this album, like Her, Juice World, Bantu, and Black Bear, the features don't really help as much, and they were kind of just thrown on there just for show. So there's nothing really special about this album. It's very generic, and honestly, this might be the decline of Maroon 5. They haven't really put out a good album in recent memory. Obviously, 5 was very popular with sugar and animals and maps and all those songs but i don't know it's just maroon 5 has just been disappointing so far this year now speaking of megan the stallion she released a song called thought shit and it's her first solo single since her debut album good news and it's funny because the song originally started as a freestyle but it obviously turned into a more complete song, and it's performed from her alter ego, Tina Snow. Megan Thee Stallion kind of took a break from social media for some time, and then she came back to release this. The song 
its aim is pretty much just wanting to reclaim the word thought from men who were sexist. And it's very possible that this single might be a part of her second studio album that may be called Tina Snow 2. I don't believe that title is confirmed. And overall with this particular song, it sounds like a typical Megan Thee Stallion single. It's very sexually positive and you know it definitely fits her mo very well but i'm interested to see how it ties into her upcoming album tyler the creator not someone i've talked about on this podcast at all but obviously he's a great artist igor was one of the best albums back in 2019 and overall man he's a phenomenal artist lumberjack is a new single he just released it's believed to be the lead single for his sixth studio album, Call Me If You Get Lost, which is scheduled to come out on June 25th. And Lumberjack displays his wealth and adjusts his haters. And a lot of critics were saying that this beat is very different compared to his previous works. And I think this song is pretty good. It's fine for what it's worth. And it does what it was designed to accomplish, which is to address his haters while also flexing how wealthy he is. However, I am curious to see how this relates and kind of ties in with the rest of his upcoming album, but we'll see when it comes out. Moving on to Dua Lipa. Future Nostalgia was released in March of 2020. It was one of the biggest albums of the year, and it's interesting because she recently dropped a music video for one of her songs called Love Again. And the song, it recently became a single, I believe, back in March in Ireland. But for the longest time, it wasn't a single. Many fans wanted it to be a single. So I think Dua gave it the attention that she thought it deserved. The song itself samples My Woman by Al Boley, which was released back in 1932. And the song deals with Dua falling in love again, following a breakup, and how she's grown from the heartbreak of her previous relationship. The song itself, for me, when I listen to it, it's fine. It's good for what it is. I think it's a great non-single when it was a non-single. But the music video is quite puzzling to me. Just because it has her dressed up as a cowgirl. And she does the typical choreography. It's very kind of western themed. But then by the end of the video, she falls in love and becomes a clown. And she has this kind of creepy clown makeup. And my question for this music video, and I guess for Dua, is how does this enhance the ideas presented in the song? Because quite honestly, I have no idea how this music video relates to Love Again. The clown aspect, I guess I can kind of see because she fell in love again quite easily. But the whole cowgirl aesthetic, I don't know if it's just because she wanted to do it. I don't know. I didn't really get it. And especially because she waited until now to release this music video, especially when her album's been out for over a year now. It's quite puzzling for me. Again, I have no issue with the song. I think just the music video is very confusing as to what it's trying to accomplish however i am interested to see what do it does with her third studio album whenever she decides to come out with that but as a close to feature nostalgia i, I just don't really know 
Moving on to Electric by Katy Perry. I talked about the Pokemon 25 soundtrack in the Post Malone episode. For those of you that haven't listened to that, you should go check it out. But Electric is now the second single of this Pokemon 25 soundtrack. Pokemon celebrating its 25th anniversary. Kind of teamed up with Universal Music Group to release this special album for music and Pokemon fans. The only other song that has been released in relation to this particular album is the Post Malone cover of Only Want to Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish, which was released in 1995. The only other artist that has been confirmed to be on this album is J Balvin. His song for that hasn't been released just yet. And overall, the Pokemon 25 album will have 14 songs by 11 Universal Music Group artists. So I am curious to see how that will kind of turn out. Going back to the song Electric for a minute, it's about self-confidence, and overall, it's okay for what it is. It's not one of her best songs, and it's not, like, super terrible. Like, it's just okay. But... You know, I'm more interested to see how the rest of the Pokemon 25 album sounds like. It will be released in the fall, so I am curious to see how the other songs kind of tie into that. Moving on to Taylor Swift. She has announced that her next re-recorded album will be Red, Taylor's version. I talked about it in the Taylor Swift episode. She is re-recording all of her previous six albums prior to Lover. Just because of the fact that her masters did get bought when Big Machine was sold to Scooter Braun. Now, Fearless Taylor's version came out a while ago. I think she did a great job of releasing old songs that were supposed to make the cut but didn't. But also adding kind of a more mature sound to what Fearless was when she was relatively young. Now, a lot of people thought that 1989 was going to be the next album she was going to drop because of all the hints and Easter eggs she's been giving, but she decided to go with Red. Red is scheduled to be released on November 19th, so we have a lot of time from then. And the album actually is going to be expanded to 30 songs. Just to put that into context, Red originally had 16 tracks, including 7 singles such as We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, Begin Again, I Knew You Were Trouble, 22, Red, Everything Has Changed featuring Ed Sheeran, and The Last Time featuring Gary Lightbody of the Scottish-Irish rock band Snow Patrol. This re-recorded album is going to actually include all the songs that were originally supposed to go on Red. And one of those songs, called All Too Well, will actually be expanded into a 10-minute track. So I'm curious to see kind of why she didn't put those particular songs on the original cut and kind of how they further enhance the sound that was produced in the original Red. Last but not least, Ed Sheeran. He is going to be releasing a new single called Bad Habits, which is scheduled to come out on June 25th. It'll be the lead single off of his new album, Minus, which is scheduled to come out this year. Ed Sheeran, after his number 6 collaborations project, released Afterglow back in 2020 as a non-album single. It has a folk pop style, and the song is thought to be about his trip to Antarctica with his wife, Cherry Seaborn. 
Since this was a surprise single, I think Ed Sheeran definitely delivered a nice acoustic guitar ballad that was very reminiscent of his early style. Going back to Bad Habits, I'm curious to see how this particular track and his upcoming album Minus differ from his previous works, so I'm looking forward to that. And with that being said, I would like to thank you all for listening. The next episode is already out now, and it's about Sour, Olivia Rodrigo's debut studio album. So go ahead and check that out if you want to. Otherwise, thank you for listening, and enjoy your day.